Hey everyone, welcome back to A Journey Through the Gospels with the Catholic Forge. This is Eric, and just down the road, <laughs> not exactly, uh, but joining me live from Brazil is Lucas Hamswisher. Lucas, are you enjoying your time so far? Most certainly, my friend, and I'm just across the pond, one of the ponds. Yes, so I'm not so much down the road. I guess you, if you went through Central America and then across through the northern part of South America, you'd eventually get down the road to me. But it is. It's, it would be. It's easier yeah, to go across the pond. <laughs> yeah, it would be quite a road for sure. Well, uh, Lucas is here by uh, way of Google Hangouts, not the long road, um, and we are reflecting on. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 36, and Lucas is going to read that for us. Then he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was many furlongs distant from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately he spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Have no fear. And Peter, Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, caught him, saying to him, O man of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they came to to land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent round to all that region and brought to him all that were sick and besought him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Mm. Wow. Just always such an amazing story and one that I suppose to myself, well, I know for myself, but many Christians, I suspect, very familiar, one of those classic uh, you know, Bible uh, school, Sunday school stories that you learn about because it is so thrilling just to hear all over again, very dramatic, Jesus sending them away on the water and he's going away to a separate place. And, uh, you know, with the, with the increase of efficiency and effectiveness in CGI, you can almost see it play out <laughs> in your mind like, a you know a battle scene from a Marvel movie or something oh, with the yeah, waves and then yep. Jesus appearing all these things and how did Jesus get from the mountain to the middle of the lake so fast and all this kind of stuff um, super, Captain Marvel super speed or whatever it is but you yep. know what what I really want to focus on here actually is is uh, is is the dude Peter and we've already heard a lot about him he's been renamed at this point from Simon to Peter. Uh, yep. But but there are. Th- I mean, we're going to hear a lot about him to come for sure, <laughs> a lot more. He does play a pretty big role in the ministry of Christ and the Gospels. A considerable role in the story. Yeah, man, absolutely. For there sure. There are three things. I I think you know. I think that this story reveals him most completely. Uh, it gets real dicey there during Jesus's passion when uh, Peter goes through this denial 
phase. But here, three things that really stand out about Peter. And one Mm -hmm. that we already know is that he he is an emotional guy. (laughs) Yeah. Impulsively emotional, for sure. He, He responds emotionally and impulsively without thinking things through by what he says, by what he does. This much is obvious. Yes. However, because he is so impulsive, he does tend to fail. Right. Uh, He's not taking into account the depth of what he's saying. Yeah. He's not taking into account his surroundings. Uh, Yes. He gets in over his head sometimes. Yeah. As it were. and because of this, <laughs> I see you. Hey, you said you started it when you said depth. All right, all right. I will accept. You started it. the puns. Accepted, but yeah. uh, but these emotional outbursts, you know, they leave him wounded within, especially and most poignantly the the denial of Christ uh, at mm-hmm. the end of Jesus's life. But not even. But then again, just not long ago. He tried to prevent Jesus from going to Jerusalem, and Jesus called him a Satan. Uh, right. And how that must have just been like a harpoon in his heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the third point, in those failures, he never fully failed. He always manages, like at the very end of the, of the story here, the passage, those people who are trying to just touch the fringe of Jesus' garment— Peter always manages to grab onto Jesus at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And and not, not only here, literally being caught uh, by the hand of the Son of God, but even later on in the Gospel of John, which you know we'll get to in like a year, but you know, when people are leaving Jesus, his, his long-standing followers are leaving him because of the teaching of the Eucharist. And Jesus says, are you guys going to go too? And, mm-hmm. and at the last minute, you know, the disciples are leaving him, his followers are leaving him, and and, uh, and Peter stands up and says, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Yeah, and so, you're, you're the man. Yeah, we, we see that consistently with him. And, yeah. and what a comfort to we who in the flesh think, uh, think too little and act too fast, <laughs> right. don't consider what we're doing or saying, and we feel in the moment like, oh, no. I've blown it, but no, no and uh, you know this is my little theme for life right now. You know, no one is too far gone, and and if he had been under the water all the way, Jesus would have reached down into that churning sea yep. to grab Peter's hand and pull him up. up for sure. Yep. And I think you know you hit on a couple things that are really important to remember and really poignant for understanding grace. And understanding our relationship with Christ, because, you know, it wasn't like Peter wanted to do things his way. You know, he saw what Jesus was doing, and he said, well, I'm going to do it too, but I'm going to do it like this, or I'm going to... No, he, he he did it in relationship to Christ. He he said, tell me to come out on the water. He didn't just jump out of the boat and say, hey, Jesus, right. I want to hang out with you. He <laughs> right. said, you know, he kind of went through the process of communicating with Christ, you know, and, mm. and while he was impulsive... He always did in a relationship with Christ. He, he wanted to be where Jesus was. I really don't think he wanted to walk on water just to do something cool or amazing. I think he wanted to be yeah. with Christ, be, be where Christ was. And, sure. and in that, yeah. I feel like he's almost like a New Testament David in the fact that, that he was trying to pursue Christ. He was trying to pursue God into you know, the fact that he, he, once he realized he was sinking, 
he didn't sink because he was doing it his own way. He was sinking because he realized that he was in over his head. Like he was not supposed <laughs> right. to be doing this. This was yeah. not natural. And when he started to, you know, some would say fail or sink, you know, he, he immediately said, God help me. And I mean, that's yeah. all over the Psalms, you know, when yeah. I, you know, in connecting it to David, David all the time, he would mess up and he'd be like, yep, you're right. I messed up. God, yeah. I need your help. Help yeah. me. I am a, I am a sinner. I am, I am lost without you. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Peter was doing the same thing, just keep trying to keep that connection uh, with Christ in that moment, mm-hmm. in that very scary moment. Yeah, very scary. It really was. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I've got a little story, a little kind of an excerpt from uh, William Barclay's uh, a scripture study book. But I want you to, to mention this note here because we have this little two-verse thing at the end about what happens immediately after this when they get to the other side and Jesus continuing his healing ministry. So would you, uh, you know, would you enlighten that? Yeah. Um, in regards to Jesus being just simply the master healer, uh, you yes. know, being the man, being the man, being the man, <laughs> yeah. the God, the savior that is capable of effectively sharing the power of God for the sake of those who are sick for the sake of those who are lost, but in a very unorthodox way, because it says uh, in verse 36 that that even those who touched the fringe of his garments, the very edge of his garments, yes. they were they were healed by yes. the power of God. And yes. it's just amazing to me that you know it, Jesus didn't have to go through the whole process of okay laying a hand on someone or or saying a, a prayer out loud i mean jesus wasn't even paying attention to some of these people because there were probably so many around him and he only has two eyes and he only has two hands and yet through uh just his presence through his clothing yeah. mm-hmm. you know the master healer was able to impact the lives of others in such yes. a way that it just shows the versatility of of god's power in in such a very special moment. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful note that Matthew gives us, not only to keep us locked in chronologically, but to highlight that because previously we had another person, the woman with the issue of blood, who receives her healing exactly this way. Yeah. And it's 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 and it's, it's a profound story, especially in the midst of Jesus going to perform a resurrection. But it's sort of, it's almost lost because it's so like one-off. You're like, okay, I, well, that's cool that she had this faith. And right. he said, he's like, well, what happened? You know, I felt power go out from, as if like he didn't even have control over it. You know, yeah. like it was, it was the will of God, yeah. the father to respond to the cry of this woman through Jesus Christ, whether exactly. he, he liked it or not. This, yep. this is how fully subordinate Jesus was to the will of God, you know? Yeah. And, but sure. now. But now Matthew brings it out and says, hey, by the way, it happened a bunch more, too, where people were desperate. Maybe they mm-hmm. heard her story, this woman's story. Maybe. She true. said, you guys, look, you don't have to go to the temple. You don't have to pay sacrifice. Yep. Just touch him. Yep. You know? um, and so that's, that, that's, that's a great detail, uh, one that I, I would have missed you know, if we hadn't highlighted it here. Uh, I, I wanted to end the episode with a little story, kind of going back to the, to the, the business on the lake. Uh, and this is from William Barclay, uh, who, uh, for, you know, from my perspective, pound for pound is one of the finest biblical scholars that's around um, or has been around. And his study, the Daily Study Bible series, is just outstanding. So here's what he writes in his reflections on this section of scripture. 
The great truth is that wherever Jesus Christ is, the wildest storm becomes a calm. Olive Wyan, in her book Consider Him, quotes a thing from the letters of St. Francis de Sales. St. Francis had noticed a custom of the country districts in which he lived. He had often noticed a farm servant going across a farmyard to draw water at the well. He also noticed that before she lifted the brimming pail, the girl always put a piece of wood into it. One day he went out to the girl and asked her, Why do you do that? She looked surprised and answered, as if it were matter of course. Why? To keep the water from spilling. To keep it steady. Writing to a friend later on, the bishop, St. Francis de Sales, told this story and he added, So when your heart is distressed and agitated, put the cross into its center to keep it steady. In every time of storm and stress, the presence of Jesus and the love which flows from the cross bring peace and serenity and calm. Mm. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. So again, that's William Barclay and uh, and I think a, a wonderful reflection, great story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell that to everyone now. <laughs> Yeah. Until they get tired of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you again, Lucas. And hey, thank you out there listening for listening to A Journey Through the Gospels with the Catholic Forge. To catch the rest of our study, you can find it live on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. All of this week's episodes will post together in a long form video on YouTube on Friday. Thank you for listening. And please join us in the next episode of our Journey Through the Gospels.